reach for your jar of sweet honey. But are you really dishing out 100% pure honey? You may be shocked to learn that a lot of that honey, well, isn't honey at all. If you love honey, be sure you stick around. The Open Line Friday edition of Weather Jazz begins in 3, 3, 2, 2, 1, 1, 1, 1. And we made it. Not only is it Friday, it is the first Friday of Friday night high school football. At least here in Ohio, it may be a little bit different, dependent on just exactly where you are. Maybe some of those high school games started earlier. And I would suspect that most of those high school games would start maybe a little bit after. But for those that begin this week, well, good luck to your team. Good luck. And welcome to Weather Jazz. It's a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, and periodically and mostly on Open Line Friday, some off-topic episodes. Today's topic, not necessarily weather-related, but it's sweet nonetheless, as you may have surmised from the introduction Today, I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is a rather unique point in our production because this is episode number 555, 555. For Friday, August the 18th, 2023. I have a special returning guest to Weather Jazz today. And for anybody that has been tuning in for many of the last couple of years, you will recognize this name, Neil Manasa, as a beekeeper in Northern Virginia. Someone that I have known for a very, very long time Certainly has some interesting hobbies, but one of them is beekeeping. And in a recent exchange that we had via text, he mentioned something that piqued my curiosity. He talked about adulterated honey. That piqued my interest because I had never heard of such a thing before. But that is something of which we should all be aware, especially in shopping for that sweet substance known as honey. Without further delay, let me share that conversation that I had with Neil this morning on a very sticky topic. Neil, welcome back to Weather Jazz. Good to have you. Well, it's it's great to be back. I I always love to to uh, participate in your, in your podcasts. Uh, I find them interesting, and if I can add a little bit of interest to it. Um, all the better. So what I want to talk about today is, uh, and I've been on a couple of times talking about beekeeping. And, um, I mentioned to you in a casual conversation uh, about, uh, uh, nefarious, uh, dealings with honey. And so right. you invited me back to talk about that today. Right. That started with the conversation because, uh, you mentioned that, 
the supply, the supply side of honey wasn't keeping up with the demand side. And I thought, well, that's curious. Well, how is everybody getting honey? Well, you answered that question in a way that uh, surprised me. So what I'm going to do is just let you loose. And uh, so please enlighten all of us. So what's the deal? Yeah, if you really want to see a very well-made program about this, um, on Netflix, which is where I, I first learned about this, uh, they have a show called on Netflix called Rotten. Rotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, like something is not uh, ripe, it's rotting. Or rotten, R-O-T-T-E-N. And uh, season one, episode six, is titled Lawyers, Guns, and Honey. And if you want to learn more about it, it's a very interesting uh, viewing of that. It's not, it's not terribly long. And it's, um, it's quite, quite informative. <clears throat> and uh, honey is an, as, as we know, is an international food with wide appeal. And it's growing by three year. And half of that, that is consumed in the U.S. just by ourselves here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, coupled with this decline is the decline of bee, uh, I mean, the, with this increase is the decline of bee population. And the bee population is collapsing all over the place. Yet our, uh, our desire, appetite for honey is just, uh, eclipsing past consumption records. We are in the United States. Uh, like I said, every year we consume 40 million pounds of honey and 20 million pounds of, uh, of honey out of the United States consumption. So last year, the beekeepers in the United States produced 160 million pounds of honey, but America's appetite for honey passed 450 million pounds each year. Uh, This means the U.S. imports twice as much honey as it can produce. Mm -hmm. Now, just like a, a drug dealer, Okay, if you're a drug dealer and you've got a kilo of cocaine and you've got uh, un- almost an unlimited appetite for that drug, you know you can double your profits if you can cut that purity mm-hmm. with agents. And you, 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 when you double your volume, you double your, your profits. Well, this was also the case with honey. Ooh. Uh, the honey was fir- first cut with corn syrup because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. And widely available. And in China was discovered to be a major supplier of adulterated honey. Mm. And there was a, a test developed that easily proved the presence of corn syrup. So that's what they did. They, they started, um, using rice sugar, cutting their honey. Uh, and they, they by far in the world have the most hives in their country, but, uh, they, flooded the market, the world market with adulterated honey. And then, uh, they could, they could actually take this adulterated honey, ship it in tankers across the oceans, uh, tag it to different places around the United States and sell it so cheaply that they threatened the U.S. honey market. The, the whole industry was going to collapse. So in 2001, the, uh, USDA put a huge tariff on honey imports from China. China being uh, 
very uh, savvy. You know, they've already usurped the testing uh, by using rice sugar, uh, decided that they would ship their honey to other countries. It's like uh, India, Malaysia, Vietnam. And upon arrival, the honey would be reloaded and exported tariff-free from those countries, those third-party countries. So, yes, uh, while China had a huge, I mean, we're talking like three times the price of their their honey uh, in tariffs, when it came from another country like Vietnam or, or India, there was no tariff. Mm. So, so they just brokered their honey to a third-party country. And so in 2008, uh, the U.S. really started to crack down on um, honey imports. And when they tested imported honey, the USDA found the largest importer was selling honey that was 85 to 95% adulterated. Mm. And to make it worse, they found that the honey contained a, a bee antibiotic. And this antibiotic is banned in the U.S. because in rare cases, the antibiotic could be fatal to some people. Mm-hmm. So the USDA banned this antibiotic, yet they are finding the honey from abroad not only to be adulterated, but to contain this antibiotic, which could be in rare cases, but it could still kill uh, people. So they really cracked down on it. And so... They knew that they had to do something. So they came up with a, a brand new test. And today, this is what they use. They use a, a test called NMR, which stands for nuclear magnetic resonance. It's essentially an MRI for honey. Mm-hmm. It measures the magnetic honey atoms, honey from all over the world, and what the pure honey pattern should look like. And if it's been adulterated with the Biotics or with rice honey, I mean, your rice sugar or some other additive, it doesn't meet the pattern and the honey is rejected or branded adulterated. And that shipment, the entire shipment is uh, not allowed in the U.S. So they're really working on, on um, doing this, but I can tell you right now, uh, there is still a lot of adulterated honey making it into the United States and onto the shelves of the, of the, the markets that we shop at. So the best advice I have to ensure that your, you or your family are getting pure honey is to buy from a local beekeeper. I'm a local beekeeper. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sold my honey and the first thing I always hear my customers say is, your honey is the best tasting honey I've mm-hmm. ever had. Mm-hmm. And that's because it's truly 100% pure. And you can really taste the difference. And the, the sad thing is, is people really don't know what the real true honey should taste like. Wow. And so when they taste the adulterated honey, they just taste the sweetness mm-hmm. and say, oh, it's, it's fine. And, um, but uh, again, uh, the honey, the demand for honey today is unbelievable. It's off the charts because everybody, uh, bread makers want to put in that they, they have honey wheat bread, you know, mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, other people think that if they say that put honey on the label, 
it, it, you know, a smidgen of honey can hide a whole bunch of, of raw sugar that they've also used, but they've got honey on the label, you know, made with real honey. So the, but the demand for honey is up, 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 up. And the, the, the bees, of course, are collapsing. So the, there's this real problem that we have. And it's led to one more thing. Uh, today it's called <laughs> hive heisting. Now what hive heisting is, is that the, it's the, who prey on uh, stealing bees. And, and they do that because of several different factors. So, uh, one, bees, unlike cattle, can't be branded. Uh, they're untraceable. Uh, a bee is a bee is a bee. It looks like any other of the billions of bees out there. Uh, they know that bees all return to their hive at night so that if they move at night, they're able to capture 100% of the bees inside the hive. And they know, the thieves know, when pollination season is for different uh, areas. Every beekeeper in America is aware that California needs bees. Mm -hmm. They can't produce almonds without, without honeybees because the honeybee is about the only pollinator that can pollinate almond trees. Mm -hmm. So they pay really big money for um, apiaries around the country and beekeepers to ship their bees to, con uh, to California for the pollination season. And it always happens the same, uh, same three weeks every year. So honey thieves or uh, bee thieves know that there are 18 wheelers loaded with hives. In, in some cases, some beekeepers ship their, their life savings of bees to California because it's so profitable. Mm -hmm. I mean, in a couple of weeks, they could make, you know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000, their income for the year in just a couple of weeks. And then um, uh, there was a man who shipped his entire uh, apiary across the country. And there's a receiver at the other end. He doesn't have to be there. He's worked with these people for 30 plus years and, and they put his bees out in the hive, out in the, uh, the groves. And, um, he got a call from, from the manager at the grove, uh, at the, at the groves and said, you know, when are you going to show up with your bees? And he says, they're out. He goes, no, they're not. And upon further investigation, these, these thieves had gone into the groves at night and, Boxed up, they're already, the bees are already in a box called a hive box. They just put these square little boxes on the back of a trailer and trailer them off. Mm, oh, wow. And, and stole this guy's life savings worth of bees. Wow. So, so we got a, a we, we have a tax as a, as a, uh, a beekeeper. You have to be careful. You got all these environmental pests that are brought in that attack the hive that makes it collapse. You've got, uh, adulterated honey sellers out in the market that undercut your prices. And you've got, uh, hive, you know, hive thieves uh, stealing your hives when you're not watching. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's gone as far as some hives now, the boxes have tracking devices built into the lids. Okay. Yeah. Or the sides or hidden somewhere inside the hive mm -hmm. so that they can, um, track their bees. No matter where they're at, mm -hmm. and so uh, you know, I'll, 
I'll uh, leave you with this, that um, you got to love your honeybee because without the honeybee, uh, you got to remember, I, I, there's a little sticker on the back of my car that says, no farms, no food, no bees, no farms. Farm, right, so, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Know your source, know where you're buying your honey from, uh, establish a good relationship with a beekeeper. They, they love to have customers. They love regulars. And it's like, and it's, it's a very friendly relationship. It's almost like the, um, remember we used to have corner grocery stores or, or a butcher that we, you'd go to and get your meat from. Well, go to a beekeeper and get your honey from right from mm-hmm. the source. It's better for you. It's fresher. It's guaranteed to be pure. Right. And it, it helps the local economy. Well, I, I don't want to point fingers here, but I do want to ask a question that perhaps the Weather Jazz audience is asking, and that is, can we trust any of the usual places or the usual names that are associated with honey at your local grocery store? Or do we just ex- exclusively look for a local beekeeper to make sure that you're getting that fresh honey? Well, I, I would say that the first, the first place you turn to is your local apiary, uh, local beekeeper, because that you're guaranteed the freshest honey. Uh, I would, I would start there. It's better for the, keep the money local, uh, keep the, keep the beekeeper in business, uh, keep uh, everything uh, on the up and up. You're, you're guaranteed the freshest, purest honey doing it that way. One of the things that I wanted to mention to you, and it goes along with this and some of the stories that you shared, when you were so kind as to send some of that super light honey uh, once, it came in a box, and I immediately opened it up, tasted it, and went, wow, this is the best tasting honey I've ever had. And I never knew honey could be that explosively delicious. And the same thing with the stout honey. You sent me some of the stout honey. Incidentally, I want you to know that uh, just recently, our Cortland apples have come in, and I made a boatload of applesauce spiced for the holidays. And I usually freeze it so that we can just open it up. But I... um, uh, seasoned it or or sweetened it uh, with some of the stout honey. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to send you some. Wait till you taste this. Set it aside, keep it in the freezer, and open it up for Thanksgiving. I think you'll be delighted. And I tasted the honey in there, and I know you will too. Uh, so, again, it goes along with your story that— It's it's great. yeah. yeah. I hear that all, I hear that a lot that you know that people taste the honey and they say this is the best honey I've ever tasted. Right. Like, like I said, well, yeah, I, I'm sure it is because it's 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 100 pure. Uh, there's there's no additives. There's uh, no manipulation. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, oh, there's no cutting of the honey. It's it's great. And and you're right. I mean, uh, you bring up a good point. In the end, uh, when you get honey from the local apiary, uh, you are getting the local um, botanicals. Mm-hmm. The, you know, we live in Northern Virginia, and where we live is one of the uh, apple-producing capitals of the state 
of the region, actually. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with, within 10 miles of me, there are um, hundreds of acres of, of orchards. Mm-hmm. And there are uh, fruit farms just a, a couple miles. Sure, my bees are going to uh, raspberry, strawberry, uh, apple blossoms, peach blossoms, uh, they're, they're, they're getting all that. And so am I. I'm getting all that because I, uh, lifted off my bees. I leave them enough to, to eat and survive. And I take only what they can surplus. And, uh, you're, you're right. You, in the springtime, you get that light yellow, beautiful honey. And, uh, about this time of year and deep in the summer, you'll get a, a browner, thicker, mm-hmm. uh, uh, honey from, from things like buckwheat or goldenrod. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible. You know, goldenrod is a terrible pollen problem for your nasal passages, but it's a wonderful uh, benefit and boon to the honey wow. because it, it really is a beautifully tasting honey. So when you're buying local, uh, and, and that's a, that's another good point is that when you're buying honey off the shelf, you're actually buying honey that could be sourced in four, five, six, eight different locations around the world. And the honey distributors pull tanks upon tanks upon tanks of honey together so that when you're buying it in January and you're buying it in March and you're buying it in, in July and, and October, you're buying the same taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they strive to have the same flavor profile. Right. But I don't have that luxury. I, I sell what is produced by my bees. And, but people like that. People say, I love the spring honey. Uh, and some people say, I only cook with the stout honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a good thing to have. Uh, you're, you're actually eating what you're, you're living in around, around you. So it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's a little like maple syrup because the first run lacks some of the the bacteria that makes the flavor of the um, the maple syrup. And as you get later and later in the uh, sap flow, you get more and more of that uh, bacteria and some some of the other minerals that start to flow in the tree. And so you start to get the darker or the stout, if you will, maple syrup. So it's all a different flavor, but they're all great. They all have a different flavor profile. And uh, very cool. Thank you so much for instructing us and giving us some things to look for if we are into honey. And uh, not to be fooled by the adulterated honey. And that's really a nice way of putting it. Uh, but uh, we need to be concerned and we need to be aware of that. And most people, I don't think, are. I certainly wasn't until you mentioned it. I just wanted to say thanks so much for um, for informing us on what we need to be looking out for and for coming back and letting us know that we need to be picky with our honey. And most people don't know that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, be be kind. Don't kill bees. You know, uh, yellow jackets are different. Wasps are different. But honeybees, they're your friend. Mm-hmm. You no, know, uh, again, without the honeybee, a man wouldn't exist. We would die. We would be extinct within five years if the honeybee goes extinct. Wow. So it's really important to support the honeybees. Mm-hmm. 
I would have never guessed in a thousand years, maybe even longer, that there was such a thing as adulterated honey. And that's putting it kindly. In layman's terms, I call it fake honey. It's out there, but Neil gives us some very practical steps as to what we can do to make sure that the honey that we are taking into our homes is the real deal. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's sweet episodes. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence, social media, email, word of mouth, any way possible. It is fun to watch this audience continue to grow. Speaking of growth, it's also great to see so many of you inputting into Weather Jazz and financially coming alongside me and making sure that I have all of the tools that I need to make this program sound super high-end and really, really easy to listen to and hopefully very interesting as well. And because it is Friday, this is the day that I really like to brag on those that do exactly that. Thank you to Erica and Larry Shaw from Ohio, Brian and Christine Barnes, Ohio, Will and Tonya Krause and family from Ohio, Victoria Singer from Vermont, Kian Galunas from Vermont, and Bill and Judy Martin from Florida. There's always room for you too. And especially if you find that you're listening to Weather Jazz on a regular basis, I'd love to get you involved. It's very easy. Go to weatherjazz.com. And on the right side of the screen, just below the headline banner, you will see something that says supporters. Click on that and all of the instructions on how you too can get involved as a supporter is right there on the website. No participation level is too small. It all encourages me and lets me know that you're out there, you're listening, and you love the program. I look forward to adding your name to this list. And if you'd like to see that list, again, go to supporters. I make sure that your name is listed right there below the process by which you can also get involved. If you have a question or topic suggestion, I welcome your input. You can reach me. My email address is weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And you can call and leave me a voicemail on the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect Line. The number 234-525-5888. What a great start to the football season here in Ohio. It's cool, it's dry, it'll be comfortable for the players, and it's going to be comfortable for spectators as well. And if you're heading out to the game tonight, I hope your team wins. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next week right here on Weather Jazz. Weather and science across the globe.